Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know Employee Cycle. We're that HR dashboard that's helping you automate your entire HR reporting and analytics process. That's right. We know most of you HR and people leaders out there are using all these different HR systems. And every time you want to get a data-driven view of your workforce, you're pulling all these messy spreadsheets, trying to turn it together to some type of PowerPoint or spreadsheet dashboard. And we know that's not ideal. It can be tedious, time-consuming, and very manual. And I'm sure you're always wondering, there has to be a better way. Well, there is. Look no further because Employee Cycle has created that all-in-one HR dashboard to connect to all the most popular HR systems you're using. Systems like ADP, Bamboo HR, Paylocity, Namely, Xenefits, Greenhouse, Reflective, Lever, Lattice, 15.5, you name it. We can connect to all your different HR systems and pull all your data into one place so you, your people team, your managers, executives, investors, advisors, whoever wants to see the data can use Employee Cycle to view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one place. Want to learn more? Please go to EmployeeCycle.com to schedule a demo, and we would love to learn how we can help you make smarter workforce data-driven decisions. But that's enough about us and our company, because I would like to introduce our awesome guests. So please help me welcome to the show, Lynn Campbell. She's the head of HR and recruiting at Coherent Logic, and today we're going to discuss how did COVID impact the HR strategy. Lynn, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, Lynn. And so we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, Lynn, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, I ended up actually kind of through being a what's called an expatriate specialist working in big companies like Deloitte or Ernst Young and focusing on human resources and then going into companies um, as the international HR person and eventually just being the head of it all. So it's it's a, a circuitous route backdoor in through doing international human resources and then uh, just exposure to it. So so here I sit today with, and I've always worked in the technology world. Great. And can you tell us a little bit about Coherent Logic? What does your company do? We're a fabulous semiconductor. I always tell people we we make chips that go into outer space, and so it's pretty smart. A pretty smart group of people. That's pretty cool. And so today we're talking about how did COVID impact the HR strategy? And I think it would be interesting to talk about what your HR strategy was pre-COVID. And in the broadest sense, how would you typically come up with your HR strategy? What would typically drive how you're looking to manage the workforce? So the HR strategy prior to COVID was, I'm going to say, not very strong and non-existent. Um, it was done simply by what was the need at the moment. Of course, meeting all the needs of what employees expect, benefits, payroll, and, and those were just happening. And then if other things came up, we just dealt with it um, at that moment. So it wasn't a lot of thought to put into it. Um, I was working mostly in the recruiting side, so we really focused on if we needed staffing. But since then, it has 
com- I would say it completely changed. Um, COVID is, is a watershed moment, not just for coherent logics, but for many, many companies to expose a, a lot of gaps that were existing that we never paid attention to. And what were some of those gaps that COVID was able to expose and highlight? Well, I think for HR, it exposed everything from um, the technology support around HR, um, communication methods, how we were communicating, how we were measuring performance, how we were supporting employees, um, even our ability, I find this one interesting, to imagine what our future could look like. We, we never took time to think of and imagine, and I'm a big of, about imagining what it could look like. We, we were stunted, and this exposed and, and forced us into making changes very quickly and now even evaluating. Um, we reacted, um, we hopefully changed, and we're now preparing for a new way to work. I like that you said you weren't thinking or imagining what the future would look like. But I want to clarify, that imagination, was that not applied directly to just the workforce itself? Or were there specific areas of the workforce that lacked that imagination? What did that look like? Wow. Okay, so so to break that down a little bit more, I think it's imagining the types of employee issues that would be important. What I liked about what I've liked about COVID is it really exposed and helped me, if you want to say, imagine that the reality of what do we really need to help our employees uh, deal with? And I'm just going to tell you, they used to come to me for little things from, you know, my, my employee has bad body odor. <laughs> well, that doesn't exist anymore. If you have bad body odor, you know who it is. And those to me were really frustrating because I thought that's so, it's not what we need to be dealing with now when they come to me because we don't see each other, they're working from home, is truly some heartfelt issues and some struggles of, of mental health, physical health. These are the things that matter. And it, that's, that's one of those things. If you say, imagining what do we really need to deal with? Another one is, is how do, how do we, be better at our communication. We used to have both on-site and remote people. We never thought really about the effectiveness of that communication. And it was exposed as being highly ineffective once COVID hit and everybody was remote. So imagining how do we get better at communication? How do we get better at recruiting online? So these are the things that I, just a few of those things that I think imagining how it could be different have impacted, been impacted. That's interesting. So what it sounds like what happened to you and your HR team is that you started to become a lot more proactive than reactive. Is that safe to say? I, I would say it was a slow start to that. It's almost like you were waiting for something. We had bad habits of waiting for it to happen and realizing when people are working from home, they don't necessarily stop by the HR office anymore. And, and, and there's a silence. Now, my company went through a big um, technology change during COVID, which kept us overly busy. So in that sense, I, I wasn't at a lack of things to do. But that connection with the employees was lacking. So, yes, proactivity became it. It, it, it happened through how do we better c- communicate our open enrollment when you have benefit chain, you know, your annual benefit. How do we get better at that? How do we do better at, uh, at webinars or 
online type of things. And we have discovered so many things that actually work far better when everybody's remote. It's really been kind of exciting to see and educating our employees better. We're still working on it. And when you started to identify those gaps that you had within your strategy, how often was it where those gaps were exposed based off of employee feedback versus you and your HR team looking at where things is looking at where things are going and then realizing that you don't necessarily have a solution for it. There's a bit of a balance in that. I think there's some through employee feedback, some employees um, that I've employee issues that I've had to manage this year are actually to me really almost tender, meaning that it's helped HR to realize our people if they're going to be doing tasks for us, we also have to care far deeply, far more deeply about their mental and physical health. So their feedback when they come to me, there were some, you know, certain issues and things that went on that deeper conversations as an HR person, we almost have to sometimes put on our psychology cap, if you want to say it, and take that time to really listen and you know, no judgment, if you want to say, of course, we can't be in that place. We shouldn't be in a place of judgment. And then that balance between how does a company respond to an employee's personal needs? Because there is a balance to that. So that, and then I would say the other side to that, besides just employee response, is the things that were exposed on our, our if you want to say, processes. So that made us dig in a little bit more to things that we had been doing, though we've got to fix this or we were being, we had done it so long in one way that there's actually things that needed to be addressed and updated and improved. So it's a balance of both. Got it. And in regards to the perception of HR, how did that potentially change your strategy? Meaning, did employees, do you believe your your employees and your team members started to view you and your team's role differently because of COVID and based off of the new things that they were experiencing and needed to come to you for? Or do you think they still looked at it as the same HR department? Well, we had a little bit of an advantage, I would say, of COVID hit and then we were also implementing a new system. And that system we rolled out modules over the last year, which greatly improved our employees' ability to change their own data, access their own data, see some information that they couldn't before, reduce time that it took to do some tasks that they were asked to do. So they actually, I would say our employees now have a much better uh, perspective of HR than they did before. Now, if we hadn't been implementing a technology solution at the same time COVID happened, I would say we would have struggled greatly. So technology has helped if you deal with COVID. It allowed us to do things differently. One, we had to because of COVID, but two, we were already kind of in that process. But but it, it showed us how important it was to have those in place regardless of COVID, but because of COVID, we're glad we have them in place. So we kind of had an advantage. <laughs> got it. Got it. Definitely. the silver. Got to look at the silver lining. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so now I want to go into potential new areas of HR that you may be implementing 
because of COVID. And so there are a lot of companies that are now hiring someone to either join internally for DNI or maybe or maybe want to work with them as a contractor or an outsourced DNI person. Uh, we're seeing a lot of companies hire for learning and development because they're trying to make sure that their employees are upskilling and learning all the new latest and greatest things they need to learn, especially now that they're going to be remote. So to keep them sharp since they're out of the office or they're hiring somebody externally to do that. Have you started to see any of those gaps that you mentioned earlier in as areas where you either need to hire someone internally or bring in an outsourced consultant to help you in those areas where your strategy needs to move to? I would say the key area is in communication um, about a variety of things, but specifically how do you set goals and and make sure people understand those? Where before, if it was in person, we had a lot of just verbal things. It has become abundantly and exceedingly clear that written goals, you know, and I've been a proponent of this for years, but written and clear goals are absolutely key in ensuring the employees know what to expect. And that is an area we need to improve in and where we will probably begin to, let's say, start with managers. How are they communicating the expectations? How are they setting the goals? Are they clearly defined and are they written down? Uh, I, I just can't even enforce this one enough of, of why it's so critically important because the, the feedback from some employees has been, well, I'm not sure what he wants me, he or she wants me to do. I don't know what my manager expects. Well, why don't you know what your manager expects? Well, I don't know. <laughs> See, there's lots of this, that kind of conversations and it didn't come out until we weren't seeing each other in the hallways. We weren't having those casual conversations where if you weren't clear, you could walk next door and ask. And interesting. Yes, I find it very interesting. So do you believe that this was an existing problem prior to COVID? Or do you believe that this is another area where COVID exposed a problem that was already happening and now gave you the urgency to fix it? I think it exposed it. it it's been there. Absolutely. But, but the working from home has exposed all these communication gaps, but clearly uh, setting expectations and goals has been a big one for, for my, what I've heard in feedback and employees just really needing to know what's going on. You know, what's the next step? What's, what do I do? And, you know, I work with a lot of uh, engineers and they're a pretty smart group of people. And so they have tasks, but, but still they need to know, you know, more clearly and go to a place where they can track it. And also when they exceed an expectation, where do they capture that? And I mentioned we, we moved to a new technology and one of the modules in that technology will be the performance review. It happens to be the last one we're rolling out, but this is where we want to utilize both their manager and the employee to put in, here's what I've accomplished. And an employee kind of needs to be a little bit responsible for, for putting down things that they've done that maybe their manager will forget about because they have four or five people that they have to keep track of. So that type of tracking and communication has been to me um, more exposed 
And now what are we going to do about it? We haven't completely solved that. Got it. And speaking of goals, has the strategy for the HR department changed based off of new goals that the CEO or the CFO is setting now based off of where the world is moving to and where your business is moving to after our post-COVID? Well, it's hard to say post-COVID because we're still in it, but let's just say as we're getting to hopeful, hopefully the, the end of it, has, has those new goals totally changed the HR strategy as well? Or, or is the change in the HR strategy coming internally from you resetting the expectations and goals of this department? I think it's a little bit of a combination of both, but mostly when I work with my executive team, depending on you know who it is, how much just focused on, we have some critical projects, you know, and that's the revenue of the company. They have to, you know, be tracking that. But when you have to, some of them are responsible for the administration and the operations of the company and finances, you know, of that. So there are some things that have changed because of their desire to bring about more processes. And I can maybe work in conjunction. Maybe they're not an HR expert. So they come, you know, work with me to say, you know, what do we need to do? And then I try to provide more than they're expecting from me in order to say, here, we, here's some areas that let's plan on this and put this calendar out there. And, and, uh, you know, it's a, a combination being driven by my CFO um, saying, I want to improve these areas. And then he lets me run away with how is that going to be done? I do the how and, and make the recommendations, but I've seen a great improvement in our planning around all of the, our HR activities and sharing that, that planning across the appropriate departments so that we all kind of know what's happening. And that to me has been a way I I'm, have preferred to work in you know my past lives is, you know, Hey, let's plan and look at the, these annual things. That's just what I bring to the table. So. And then last question, as you're moving to this new strategy that's, that's changing and being optimized to meet all the needs of a end of COVID, hopefully post-COVID world, how do you make sure that you have the mindset to be able to deal with this? Because I'm sure there's a lot of HR leaders out there thinking, all of this has happened so fast, and I'm just trying to figure out how do I manage all of this mentally, and how do I keep all this in my head? There's so much going on. And so what are some tips or you know, some words of wisdom that you would like to leave our audience in regards to the mindset you should bring to the table to be able to, to, be able to update your strategy, your HR strategy, to be able to operate in this new world we're moving into? Well, one of the things is I think we need to realize that we are in a moment – uh, we rarely experience in history, honestly. COVID has done something that hasn't been seen in a long time. The industrial revolution changed the way people work. The computer introduced a different way. The iPhone even changes. But we now have the first moment that changed how HR actually can deal with the workforce in a very new and different way. And if you think about that, bring back the imagination in that again, where can we take this? It's an opportunity of, I would, I think it's fun. If you like this world, um, don't look at the past as, oh, I want to go back to the old way. If you're stuck there, that's a difficult thing to overcome. But keep looking at how can I be an HR 
agent for the future. Like people were in all these technology changes, things that happened in our past. HR has done that for, or COVID has done that for HR. What an exciting time to be on the forefront. And I think about people who are much younger than I, what an opportunity to take the new, a new direction for HR. And it, it is a mindset of, um, do you like what you do? Do you utilizing all this stuff that's happening? I just say utilize tools because the more you get stuff down on paper and writing and stuff, the more it's not in your head. Utilize the tools that we have for each other that have come out. There's just tons of them, but don't overdo it. You know, pick one and then use the heck out of it is the best way I can say. It is a great, great tools are out there. And it's fun to be able to use those and see employees begin to, to enjoy their work. So, but be mentally and physically healthy to provide the, their employer with great work. But they can only do that if we continue to imagine what it's like to have healthy people mentally, physically. And COVID literally challenges on the fact that we were not paying attention to the mental health of our employees. Let's be different. Let's do this. Let's have a get together and have an imagination of what it can look like for the future. Lynn, thank you so much for being such an awesome, candid, and transparent podcast guest today. We really appreciate you being on our show. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. So Lynn, where can people find you and Coherent Logics online? Uh, CoherentLogics.com, C-O-H-E-R-E-N-T-L-O-G-I-X, that's the key, dot com. And um, I'm at Lynn, Lynn, Campbell, Lynn uh, Campbell at CoherentLogics.com. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that contact info in the show notes. So if you enjoyed this episode as much as Lynn and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and a comment to say what you learned and what you liked. That would be awesome. Also, if this is your very first time listening to the Employee Cycle podcast and you're hungry for more episodes because you enjoyed this one so much, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.